It's time for Gene Shepard, author, raconteur, and commentator of the contemporary scene. Here's Gene. There you go. You had the wrong one up. That's all right. That's okay. This is so good. <laughs> you know, uh, by the way, uh, the test is ready to begin here, gang. And uh, I I, uh, I just uh, hate to tell you, that I, somebody just wrote me a letter here from some university, and it was a very official professor type, and uh, they're conducting an experiment, see, and it says uh, at his university, and they're going to do away with all tests. And... Uh, which, of course, only continues the trend in modern American life, that uh, happiness is available to anybody if he can pay for it. That's all he has to do. <laughs> happiness, degrees, you name it. But uh, if, if a degree is your thing, you can buy that, no problem. However, uh, the, uh, he said in the thing, he said, that we're going to do away with the old ancient evil of tests. And uh, I don't think they're ancient and evil. No, I, I'm just going to tell you, I think, I, think, uh, I think many are called, fewer chosen, friends. And the sooner we find out about it, the quicker and the better off we'll all be. <laughs> oh, well, see, she disagrees. And what she would like to see is, a, is an entire population of people who all look the same and have the same credentials. Wait a minute, the same credentials? If you have no tests, they can all get the same credentials. Oh, you don't like that. Well, how do you expect to, to weed them out? I mean, in other words, uh, there's, there's got to be a time. See, I'll I tell you what the, what the problem with life is. Life is a continual test uh, as opposed to school, you see. And, and so there's a lot of confusion when you get out of school 
because it turns out somebody's going to say to you something like, uh, well, I thought you could work that number 714 machine. And you say, well, not me. So what the hell did I hire you for? we got somebody that can. And five minutes later, in comes a little short guy with warts who can work the hell out of that. <laughs> 714 machine. And where are you? Well, so life is a test. But uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, show us, you know, and the guy writes me and he says, uh, we're going to, I want your help in doing away with tests. Well, I'm going to tell you, do you have that first thing there, please, that first uh, cart, please? Doesn't matter. Who cares? It's all showbiz. It's all make-believe anyway. Bring that up there, please. All right. That's just exactly the sound I want to hear. That, that is a clear indication of why I did not consider Tess an unmitigated evil. You know, you're listening to a guy. I cannot explain how it is, why it is. And I stand here before you, bared, I will tell you this. I am... Totally successful test taker. Now, wait a minute. That doesn't mean I'm smart. That means I'm a test taker. Now, other people are bad test takers. Many a guy with a you know fantastic knowledge of something, as soon as he walks into the class and they give him the blue book, his head turns to cheesecake. And he sits there, you know, sweating. <laughs> his pencil falls from his nerveless hands. But for some reason or other, from the time I was a little kid... Shepard was the demon test taker of the Warren G. Hiding School, the Morton Junior High School, Hammond High, you name it, all the way on up. Now, why? I don't know. It's, uh, to, to be a good test taker, for one thing, you have to have what they call test instincts. Now, what is a test instinct? Well, it's hard to describe. It's just like saying uh, a talent. It's a talent. It's very difficult to, to, to uh, say, for example, uh, Nolan Ryan to tell you how he can throw a fastball. I mean, he shows you how to hold it. You can hold it just like that. <laughs> I mean, he shows you how to move your arm and all that. All he's got to do is move that arm and move back and put his foot on the rubber, and he pushes off, and that ball comes in trailing smoke. You try the same thing, and it bloops up there no matter how big you are. It's not a matter of being big. Sandy Koufax was not very big. That's right. Talent. Talento. The most evil word of all. A word we don't like to hear anymore. Because the word talent supposes a mystical quality. Somebody has something you can't get out of books. And <laughs> if there's one thing that America believes today... It believes strongly that it can be anything it wants. One of the great, well, philosophical errors. That's in Caps. That's in the uh, Schopenhauer sense of the philosophical error. You know, <laughs> old Schopie handled it, didn't you? <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yeah, he was a tall, skinny guy, bad skin, but it didn't make any difference. He was a very prolix and obfuscating writer, and that was enough to get him. I'm talking about Schopenhauer. Well, uh, you know, secretly, uh, I must say, now, I, I, this is in the way of a, an admission, you know, because 
Most guys today like to pretend like they were little victims. You know, that's the Woody Allen syndrome. He's always a victim, you know, that uh, he gets caught in revolving doors and bad girls do bad things to him and all that. Well, I have to admit one thing. I was never a victim. That's a terrible admission in our world. No, it is. Oh, it, it, it can kill a whole comedy act. I mean, <laughs> most comedy acts are based on that idea that you're a victim. And... Uh, and I, I have to admit it, I, I never was. And, I, and I, I began to realize that I had a natural talent for taking tests. And, and uh, when I was in the Warren G. Harding School, a thing happened to me. That uh, we, See, this school was involved in all these, uh, uh, all these uh, progressive-type education things. They were, you know, a big deal there. And uh, they had all kinds of things uh, that uh, you, know, you could opt for this and that. Here we are, third grade. You, know, you could decide whether or not... Uh, you were going to listen to Miss uh, Blaufell today, or whether you wanted to go down to the office and have a nap and eat uh, graham crackers and all that sort of stuff. See, well, <laughs> in fourth grade, never, no, fifth grade, in fifth grade, now up to that point, I was just like all the other sheep, see? Oh, much of us, we're all just going from grade to grade. Well, one day, in fifth grade, uh, there was an announcement made in the morning I remember Schwartz sitting there and Flick and all these guys, and they announced that there would be a special test this afternoon. Well, you know, uh, tests up to that point, uh, uh, Miss uh, Nelson would give us a test in uh, English. You know, she'd ask us questions about Lady of the Lake. But uh, this was a special test. The whole school was taking it. Yeah, it was going to be a special test. It was going to be given in the gym. You know, everybody's a little, little excited. You know, we never had tests in the gym. I mean, the only tests we ever had in the gym had to do with uh, hitting the backboard or, or uh, whether or not your backhand was any good playing, you know. So yeah, everybody talking, well, what kind of test is this? And uh, Miss Nelson, who had uh, laid this on us, and Miss Nelson was a tall, thin lady who always wore dark purple dress dresses. And she had a kind of a complexion that went with it. And she had these rimless glasses. And uh, Miss Nelson, very, very unsmiling lady. And, uh, of course, she seemed to me at the time to be maybe, oh, two, three hundred years old. Actually, probably she was 23. <laughs> uh, when you're in, in the fifth grade, everybody who's over four feet two seems uh, a grown-up person. And so Miss Nelson announced that we were having this test. And Alex Josway, who... You know, we just flip every time. He, he, Josway was one of the least talented people I ever heard of in my life. He couldn't do anything. And uh, Josway says, what kind of test? And she says, well, it's something they call an IQ test. We never had had anything like that, see, an IQ test. So uh, everybody says, IQ, what's that? She says, well, it, uh, it's an IQ test. She didn't want to tell us what it did. It really separated the sheep from the goats. <laughs> you know, you just at the test. So anyway, at, at about five minutes after lunch, everybody comes filing into the gym. There were thousands of kids all in there. The whole school was in this place, and uh, they had they had set up all these uh, camp chairs, like with the you know the kind with the little arms that stick out, and they handed out these tests. We had to sit like separated, one seat from each other. The whole gym was packed full of kids, and this guy from the school board was there. And we never saw people at the school board. He had this black suit and uh, big, thick glasses, and he had this assistant named Seymour. 
And uh, he went around and they put put these tests on each desk with a pencil, a special kind of pencil. It's the first time I saw the kind, you know, with the with the special kind of lead that you mark in the little uh, the little lines, the little the parallel lines. It says pick one. You have your choice of four parallel lines, A, B, C, and D. You pick one. And uh, you just mark it in there, and it's all automatically graded and all that stuff. So I'm sitting there looking at this thing, and I could see Schwartz two or three kids away. Already his neck is sweating. He's looking down at this thing, and it had all little triangles all over it. It had little little uh, uh, cubes. It says, a, like, for example, a cube is to a triangle. As, you know, you've seen these little goodies. So... Uh, I, you know, I look at this thing. I just took one look, you know, good long look. I didn't even think about it. So I just take my pencil, and I take the first one, tick, 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 right down the line. I flip it over. Tick, there's about 28 pages long. See, tick, 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 and just going down like that. So I finish the test, and I look around, and I see that Schwartz is still on page two. And I could see, uh, you know, his nose is running, which was always a curious, really a sure sign that Schwartz was in trouble. And, uh... I see that Flick is slumped over in his seat and one shoe is falling off in despair, and I have finished this. Oh, I don't know whether I was or not, because I took it up and gave it to the teacher. And she says, that's very good. She said, did you finish it? And I said, yes, I did. She said, well, let me see. She said, so you looked at all the pages? And yes, they were all answered. So she says, you may go now. She said, uh, uh, you're free for the afternoon. Well, you know, I, I finished this thing in about ten minutes. And I left. I went home. I spent the afternoon very profitably bouncing a ball against the side of the garage, which is something I always liked to do in those days. I don't know why I liked to bounce a ball against the garage. I was good at it. So <laughs> I spent the afternoon doing that. At about 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, Schwartz comes drifting down the alley. He's lost 12 pounds. His eyes got black circles under him. He says, did you finish that test that quick or did you give up? I said, I finished it, Schwartz. What else? He said, oh, boy. Man, are you going to flunk? You couldn't have done it that quick. I says, I did. Then I began to worry. I began to worry. Why was I the only one that finished in 19 minutes and I left? Well, you know, this can be a very bad thing. It could have been that I misunderstood everything and blew the whole damn thing. Well, this was on a Friday night. And I, by Saturday, I was really, you know, flippant because this test was really apparently very important. Monday morning, I showed up at school. It was that, that was a crucial turning point in my life. I showed up at school, 8 o'clock, and my homeroom teacher, who was Miss Robinette, Miss Robinette said to me, first thing out of the box, she says, they want to talk to you down at the office. I said, me? She said, yes. I said, what about she said, I don't know. I just got a note that you're supposed to get out of the office before the first period begins. I go down to the office, and here in the office, Miss Matson, who was in the office, she says, there's two men want to talk to you here from the school board. And here was this guy with the black glasses and Seymour. He says, sit down. I sat down. And he said, we want to know how you cheated on that test. I said, cheated on what test? He says, the test we gave you Saturday, Friday. I said, I didn't cheat on the test. I just answered it. He says, well, we're going to give you another test. Because it was very, very unusual score. And so we're going to give you another test right here. 
You'll be excused from your classes until you finish this test. So the guy closes the door, hands me the test. <laughs> I'm telling you the true story. He hands me the test, and, and I looked at the test, and it was another one. It had different questions, but it was the same kind of thing, you know, with the little lines. I looked at it. I take the pencil with the purple lead, and I start to fill it in. He's watching me. Just fill it in. I turn the next page, fill it all in, turn the next page. Twelve and a half minutes later, I said, there, it's done. He said, you never saw that test before, and you could do that? I said, no, I never saw it before. Gee. So well, it's very unusual. And I left the office, went back to Miss Robinette's class, and from that day on, I suspected something was amiss. <laughs> I mean, serious, because Miss Robinette kept asking me questions about that test for about three or four days afterwards. She kept saying things like, uh, when did you take a test like that before? I never saw it before. And it wasn't until maybe a year or so later that my mother, who went to the PTA, by the way, I never, my, I, my parents never went to any of that jazz, see. <laughs> I did not. I, I must say one of the great things that happened to me in my life, I had non-interfering parents. And, uh, I mean, there was at no point that, yeah, you know, to talk about interfering parents. I'll never forget the time that, that we, we, we used to play ball all the time, you know. We were, what, 10, 12 years old? We'd play ball down at the park. That there was a kid named Tommy Van Hoos, whose mother used to come to the park with him and watch when he played. And any time anybody yelled at Tommy, she would come out and say, Don't you say that to Tommy. And don't hit the ball too hard to him. Now, Tommy, it's your turn to bat. Now, don't let those boys tell you that you can't bat. You get in and bat. And Tommy said, Oh, gee, Ma. I mean, our team isn't up yet. So I don't care. It's your turn to bat. You haven't batted for a while. Now, bat. <sighs> so I had non-interfering parents, see. Well, about a year and a half later, my mother because she got a note that said that they were having a penny supper and she should bring a pineapple upside-down cake to the school. <laughs> Figured, you know, she's got to play the game. So she uh, she made a pineapple upside-down cake and brought it there. And uh, in the course of presenting the pineapple upside-down cake to Miss Robinette, Miss Robinette laid the good news on her that I had gotten the highest score ever achieved at the Warren G. Harding School in the Sanford Benet test. <laughs> what? I don't give a damn what. Who cares what? Uh, it was, it was, no, you shouldn't, because the whole point of a test is whether you're better than your peers, not what score you attain. In short, if you're the best smallmouth bass in the lake, who cares whether or not you're measured against the smallmouth bass in Indonesia? <laughs> you can handle your own lake problems. So, you know, I didn't know what this meant. Well, it began to develop that I have a natural affinity for taking tests. I, I can take tests. Now, I, I, that doesn't mean I know anything. That means that when I look at it... No, I'm being very honest with you. You want honesty, right? It means that when I look at something, uh, uh, there is, a, there is a, an instinctive bell goes off in me says, Mark that one. And I mark it. Now, that's not easy to, to do because most people have that same bell. But then there's another voice that says, But why? Are you sure it's right? And down the drain they go. <laughs> See the the thing with a uh, the thing with an instinct is to go with it, and I didn't realize this. Well, the worst problem I ever had with a test in my life, I'm going to tell you this, man. 
I had a test one time. This was in, in uh, University of Maryland, was in school. And it was organic chemistry. If there's anything I hate, it's chemistry. I have an instinctive hatred for chemistry. Instinctive. Again, I go along with the instincts. I instinctively reject chemistry as a science. It is not a science. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a magically contrived, highly convoluted cookbook. Well, it bugged me because uh, the first couple of days in chemistry, I kept asking questions of this chemistry professor, and he kept saying, well, we don't know quite why this reaction occurs. However, you'll have to take it that this... <laughs> I said, what do you mean? You don't know why. You go in, in physics, they know why. I mean, uh, trigonometry, the guy never says, well, now, the isosceles triangle performs this way, but we can't figure out why the hell it does, but you better understand that it does. Well, that's chemistry, see, so I hated chemistry. And there were always people who were great in chemistry. Thin girls with high cheekbones loved chemistry. They were also the same people who were incredibly great in things like uh, uh, history. They could remember every date that was ever ever written in the book. Oh, yes, I, I ran into that crowd for years. So uh, I did not like chemistry. I barely struggled through uh, inorganic chemistry. Barely made it. I mean, by the skin of my halogens. I'd you like that, huh? I barely made it. So finally, I got you know the second the second year there, I had to take this organic chemistry, which is all these carbon compounds and all this jazz. Well, I mean it was it was it was like stepping from the sixth inner circle of hell into the seventh, and I hated it. Oh, I hated it, mother! I'll tell you. And I'd sit back there, and I couldn't understand it. They, they, they would talk, you know, about these, all, all these things, little brackets and stuff. And I, it was, not only was it, was it uh, not understandable to me, but it was boring. It was boring. Absolutely, totally boring. So the first semester was coming to an end. And they were going to have this blue book exam. And now a blue book exam in, in organic chemistry is a baddie. Now, I'll tell you, it's a baddie. So, <laughs> they, they had, I remember the class, it was, a, it was a big amphitheater classroom. It's a tremendous thing where you look down, the, the teacher was way down there. It was such a big class that you had to make an appointment like three months in advance to just talk to the teacher about anything. And he didn't talk to you. His assistant talked to you. You never talked to the teacher. He would come in like a, like a guru. He would sweep in. They had this little blackboard down there and he would yell for about uh, 28 minutes about uh, carbon compounds and make brackets all over the blackboard and then he would fold up his, his notebook with a snap turn and he'd go out there'd be a roar of applause he was a legend and uh, you know there were 297 guys in the class all looking down there and then the assistant would take over and he would look up and say any questions <laughs> any questions well <laughs> so you know it was, a, it was pure hell well, uh, the time came, and, and incidentally, I might add, I was taking this under the aegis of the army. Okay? Now, there was one rule they had in this, this, uh, this unit that I was in. I was in the army. There was one rule they had. If you failed, if you got anything below a C in any class, it was back to the slit trench for you immediately. No questions asked. 
Have you ever had a failure situation <laughs> that you were faced with either, either you know, going out to fame and glory or going out to digging a hole in the ground while they drop stuff on your head? Well, talk about motivation. Well, I was sitting in my, I was sitting in my, my little room, this concrete room, and that class was the next morning at eight, and I. I, I took my, my textbook out again. You see, I, I, I figured, it's all over. I'm going to go back to the troops. I'm, I, it's done, done, done. Well, I took my book out. I had this organic chemistry textbook. This is where the instinct comes in. I said, well, my instinct has always worked. I cannot rely on my intellect since it's not there. No, no. Uh, so I'll have to rely on my instincts. So I take my book and I start looking at, the, you know, this was about 19 chapters that we had already gone through. See, I started looking through, through. And I just, I said to myself, just look at it. Let your instincts go. So I take the thing and I'm looking at it like this. I'm reading, oh, God, oh, no. Oh, iodides. Oh, what the hell is iodides? Oh. <laughs> Negative ions. So I'm going along there. See, I just look through like this. I, that's the way I went through. So I had to look at Anything that caught my eye, caught my eye. Now, there's the secret. I looked at Well, 40 minutes go by, and I just sat there. Thought about it. Okay. And then I went down to the pool room and played snooker. Because, you know, I mean, it's all over. 8 o'clock the next morning, they hand out the blue book exam. Ten questions. That means <laughs> you miss one. You missed two, you got an 80. <laughs> you missed three, you got a 70. That's not much. If they, By the way, one rule of thumb with a test taker, the more questions are on any test, the better chance you have of passing it if you don't know a damn thing. That's a rule of thumb. If they come out with a test that has one question on it, oh, my God, <laughs> you better be good. So, nevertheless, oh, yes, they do do it. I've seen it. So I, I, I just had ten questions. So I just took a look at the ten questions. The first one was one of the very few things I'd actually looked at and studied. So instantly I wrote down, I work out the formula, and I write it down. Need I tell you that in the ensuing 35 minutes, Shepard came through with a 97. <laughs> Knowing not a damn thing about organic chemistry. It's instinct, buddy. Now, if they did not have tests, where would I be? You think I would have passed? Are you kidding? No, no. No, no. Then he would have. He would have. He would have judged us on oral, oral response. Uh, you know, any of those bad things like that. But they judged you on the test. So as a test taker, as a great test man, I am not going to undercut my own talent. So, Professor, if you're listening tonight, do not expect me to back you in your anti-test campaign. And in fact, if anything, I want more tests. <laughs> oh, God. And I'll never forget the next day after the big organic chemistry test, all the guys that had failed... We're packing their barracks bags, going back to the infantry. Some guys were going back to the paratroops. 
Other guys were going back just to a hole in the ground with the rain coming down. They didn't even give them a name in their company they were in. And all I did was just go down to the old quad, order myself a hamburger, wait for the next test. You're listening to a test taker, friends. Now, that's a terrible admission. I'm admitting that I am not a victim. No. Au contraire. I leave behind me victims. It's a very different thing. By the way, it later became a source of, uh, well, a great schism between me and my friends. Schwartz grew to sincerely hate me after a few years when the truth began to develop that I didn't have to study. I just took tests. In fact, you can give me a test on a, on, a, on a subject I've never seen before. I'll guarantee you I'll come out with 70, 75. No problem. I especially love... Oh, the only way you ever get tripped up if you're a test taker, beware of the uh, evil instructor who lays an essay test on you. Because, you know, that can be bad news. But the true and false, the multiple choice, that was made for the ding-dogs of the world. Yes, the day that they discovered the multiple choice test was the day that all the great talents in the world disappeared. No wonder there are no Shakespeare's anymore. Why, you can get an M.A. in drama, taking multiple choice, choice tests all the way through, never writing a single word down, <laughs> or reading a single word. You don't think for a minute that, uh, that Congreve could take a multiple test, choice test on dramaturgy, do you? No, but I'll guarantee you that... Uh, Edward Albee can. So, well, please bring it up there. We'll sing old songs, drink old wine, salute old tests, and great, great test scores of the past. You've been listening to Gene Shepard, author, raconteur, and commentator on the contemporary scene.